Welcome to the Next Step Podcast with Jay and Brad. Wait, wait, I'm Brad. I'm Jay. I'm an All act. Right. All right. Welcome to the Next Step Podcast with Bray. And Jay. I said Bray. Bray. That's like, that's oh, our that's nickname. A, that's, a, that's our name. Yeah. Okay. Hey, Brad Bray's Jay. here. Hey, Bray. And we have Lexi in the house. What up? Everyone loves Lexi. That's Everyone right. loves Lexi. Uh, we're going to just. It's been a while, you guys. We're going to do quickly do a quick news okay. and then okay. ask the addicts with both of you guys. But I just have two bits of news. The first one is Have you seen our new website? It is awesome. It's amazing. You've seen it, right? Mm hmm. Okay. Totally. Like, it's super easy. Uh, one of our listeners, I don't know, I like the colors. later if he wants a shout out, he said he didn't want it, um, but just one of our listeners volunteered oh, wow. to redo it all. He spent like a lot of time. It's super easy to search by topic, and by click step, on episode, by everything, see the show notes. Um, now he's got to figure out how to edit it better. What a nice guy. Yeah, so he kicked butt on there. So check the that man. out. Uh, you know who you are. Number two is we, our steak is going to make church news. Because I think I heard, I don't know if it's true, but uh, our youth conference went to Tijuana, Mexico. Yep. Hola. And it's the first time that our st- a church stake in one country combined with two other stakes in another country and did a youth conference together. Wow. So it was two Tijuana stakes and our stake here in Laguna Niguel. Uh, hopefully they don't get in trouble by the power of beef, but I'm sure they got it approved. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and it went off without a hitch, uh, and it was amazing. So that will probably be in some church news of this living just because it, unless they broke church policy. Um, <laughs> then, <laughs> then you only heard then it you from Brad. Then you only hear it from us. You just heard it from Brad <laughs> but, on the record. Uh, oh, the other thing was, uh, and I'll post this on, is you, did you hear about the power, power outage in New York? Mm-hmm. So massive power outage, five hours yeah, of no power in downtown New York where, like, oh, all the shows are. Carnegie Hall was one of them. And during it was a concert by OCMCO, which used to be known as Orange County oh. Mormon Youth yeah. Choir. Mm-hmm. And then, it, then they went to outside Orange County, and now they changed it to Millennial Choir, so it's not the Mormon Choir. So it's mostly members of the church, but not necessarily. But So they got shut down, and then they all went out to the street and sang – in the streets of New York. That's cool. And it was like all echoing, and, and there's some video footage of that that's pretty awesome. So if you haven't seen that, check our show notes and do that. And then come right back to us for Ask the Attic with Jay and Lexi. It's a special one because, well, you just need to listen. I was thinking, like, what, what keeps us from hope? And I know for me, what keeps me from hope back six years and a half years ago as well as today is, is usually my ego, right? Like, my ego, and because and, usually my ego keeps me from being honest, right? So, like, as soon as we get honest, step one, then hope comes in. And like Xander says, ego is not your what? Amigo. Boom. <laughs> right? And so, and then the other analogy for ego is edging God out. So when we don't have, when I don't have hope, I'm edging God out and saying, he can't fix me. He can't fix me because I can't fix me. And I'm, I'm all powerful. I'm the man. I'm, I'm, I'm my, my golden calf. Like, right? And this is, 
this is, you know, if I break down myself and the more I've gotten to know myself for the last six and a half years, I've realized how massive my ego can be, both in recovery, both in sobriety, both in church calling, you name it, at the bottom, at the top, in the middle. And I, I've, I've, uh, it, I, a lot of years I, I kept trying to sh- shove the ego and, and hide it and almost create shadows for it to live in. Because no one really wants to uncover that rock. Because when you uncover that rock and get fully honest with yourself and your nothingness compared to God's glory or to, compared, to this, compared to what you, you know you're supposed to be, your potential. I was telling someone today, I, I don't like when people say, oh, he's got, I, I, my whole life, he has so much potential. Come to realize that just meant I wasn't living up to, you know, I wasn't doing what's right. Like, and, and, and so now, like, I, what I'm trying to get at is I finally, I was in here, I was sober for a few years, and finally, enough was enough. I had to take another layer off. I had to deal with other things that I hadn't dealt with. Sure, I got sober from drugs, which is an amazing feat because those drugs were, were destroying, they destroyed my family, they were destroying me, they destroyed my relationships, they destroyed my scholarship school, like, they destroyed all my hopes and dreams. And that was awesome to get sober from that. But there were still other things. I was struggling with pornography. I was struggling with, with, uh, with uh, a lot of other things. And um, finally, I got honest and, got, and then hope came right in. And, you know, I learned with my brother Nate, you know, years ago that hope stands for, hold, you know, hold on, pain ends. You know, but you have to first get honest. I have to first get honest in order to have that. And I have to tackle my ego and admit that it's there. And then when I admit that it's there and I stop edging God out of my life, then guess what? Christ's atonement can come in and work on me. And it doesn't mean it's going to happen overnight, but now the process begins. And so if you feel like you're in a rut, like I have felt many times in so many different ways and different challenges in my life and in my sobriety and recovery, there's pro- for me, there was always something I was not willing to let go yet. But as soon as I was willing to let go or flip the rock, turn on the light, boom, hope came right in instantaneously and um and uh, i'm grateful i wouldn't have learned that like everyone says if I, none of this would have happened if i just got sober and then took a hike you know and then just went and bragged about my recovery from one thing you know and yeah that one thing was gnarly but yeah there was a mil- my heavenly i have a million other things i'm still working on and i'm grateful for that and i'm so grateful to watch 18 months and two years you know that is Bro, I like I was thinking about the 18 month and when me and Xander got, you know, our year and 18 months and two years. It was like, dude, I just remember like to like, did we really are we alive right now? Like, this is insane. Like, it was just so unimaginable, uh, unimaginable in our minds that we could get to that point. So to see other people to do it just once again proves we're not terminally unique. We weren't special. We just did a program that other people worked. And um, if you want what someone else has. Do what they did. It's the most simplest way I learned to be successful. Act as if. Just do what someone else did and you'll find it. And uh, I'm so grateful um, to have this program. I'm so grateful to have my wife and, and to uh, watch, be able to hand out two chips like that tonight. That meant a lot to me. And um, I'm, you know, good job. And I say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.
ask the addict. Ask the addict. Who's the addict in this room right now? I am a raging alcoholic drug addict that is sober. Are you consider yourself an alcoholic? I've never heard you say that before. Uh, I don't because it's like saying you're a German Shepherd dog, <laughs> like you're a dog. Okay. Right, like like stating the name. I, I guess some people like to get technical. I'm just like if when I, I say know. addict, a lot of people assume we've known this. You've heard some people, people like to this. specify. Like I'm well, an alcoholic, you, you, I'm a you've drug had, addict. You've had people assume that I wasn't a certain addict. Like I've never been a pornography addict or a sex addict. They're like, oh, you're just a drug addict. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, well, no, that's your assumption. When I say yeah. addict, I, that's all encompassing. Probably because that's just all they've heard you talk about. Yeah. At that point. Yeah. Exactly. Um, okay. Well, what if you don't ask, you don't, you don't tell. Special episode. They're all special. They're all special. Um, but this one was one. I, I, I think it might be special for you guys. It's but special because I'm here, Brad. Yes. Um, because I wanted to have a specific topic because this has come up in the past, but this is real. This is like happening real time with you, Jay. Your injury on your shoulder. Yeah, right here. Uh, we haven't done surf report in a long time because Jay's injured, and I don't even talk about surfing because I scored today at Strand. It was so good. Let me just tell you, it was all time. Here. But anyways, Jay hurt his shoulder surfing. He calls me the old man, but who's the guy getting hurt? I actually have arthritis in both my shoulders. Yeah, who's so. the old man now? I may be old in age, but your body is feeling the price. Yes. It, I am old on the inside. I've always been told I was an old soul, and now I'm an old bones as well. Old bag of bones. Well, come to find out, Jay's going to have to have surgery. Is this true? Yeah, still, yeah. Surgery still true? Um, uh, August 1st, I will have shoulder surgery. They're going to repair my AC joint, which is torn, and my clavicle bone. Uh, the end of it uh, is uh, fully frayed and spurs, and there's fluid in there that has to be removed, and they're going to shave off the bone. I feel it. like Brad's needs to be shaved. You guys should yeah. just go uh, there Brad's together. got a broken I'm gonna, half I'm going to put a, put a picture of my shoulder <laughs> really and go, should. cry me a river. <laughs> yeah, you really This guy's crazy. Up. You you should have got it done. You're nuts. It's a different thing. I'm yeah, sure. you different. You had a cry. Yeah, he's got a break. Separated AC is what mine is. Basically, the guy told me, if you don't do the surgery on your arthritis and you're 33 with this level of pain, like 20 more years of doing activities you're going to do, you're not going to do anything. So why Lexi's here, because I've heard her say at least a couple times, my worst nightmare <laughs> is Jay uh, having surgery and getting hooked back on opiates. That's your worst nightmare? It's, Have you said that before? I think I yeah, remember you saying that. Yeah. Really? Uh-huh. Oh, wow. It's definitely one of my top fears. Top really? Fears? Yeah. I never so would you be way. more afraid of that well, or, you live in or, fear. or paddling <laughs> with <laughs> sharks out in the lineup? Oh, wow. Uh, I am terrified of sharks. Okay. Um, so both fearful in different ways. Fear, Ones, yeah. Okay. But uh, so this is a reality of uh, do you have to have uh, painkillers after the surgery? Uh, it, I've uh, actually had one little minor surgery. Remember, my tongue tied. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's a pretty funny video I have, which I'll never show unless to our friends. But um, It's disgusting. It's No, 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 that surgery. I actually put that on Instagram, but you can't find it because I'm off. The grams, but uh, what I'm getting at is I was prescribed um, some pain pills for the they, first couple they'll, of days. They prescribe pain pills for a stubbed toe nowadays. Uh, and actually, it's actually getting harder to do mm-hmm. that because people are losing right jobs and stuff. So, um, but this guy prescribed as so, and he's like, "Trust me, you're going to need this." And I'm like, "No, I'm good." And I was all numbed up, right? So, uh, my stupid self, like I, I went home and I'm like, dude, I'm feeling fine. Like six, seven hours later, I'm good. Well, dude, I was shot up, right? Like a lot. Novocaine. No, but like a lot. Like, um, cause he cut open my tongue and then stitched it back up. So I had like seven stitches under my tongue. And, uh, and I was feeling great. I was talking, like everything's good. So I make this video of me flushing my painkillers down. Like, 
hey, just like being accountable to my little group of friends. We'll get into why you do this. But I flush them down thinking, oh, I'm good. I don't need this, right? Like, and all proud of myself. Like, I don't need painkillers. And like within three or four hours later, later that night, everything wore off. Like four or five hours later, it felt like, you know, someone cut my tongue open and then stitched it. <laughs> and, uh, and I freaked it's out. Crazy. I'm like, I can't do this. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like just excruciate, right? It's just all at once, right? And uh, so then I called my the doctor and I told him the situation and he's like, Jay, this is why, you, you know, this is why you don't do stuff like that. It's, it's noble that you try to do that, but like reality is like, you just need to take them as prescribed and, and blah, blah, blah. So, so is it for sure your surgery? I mean, I don't know. Some surgeries, they all... They, so I've done this before it, in a minor way, not in a massive but surgery. But do you need to have painkillers after it or does Advil uh, or strength the, the, or whatever? The, well, Non-narcotic pain medication or uh, do you not know until after i don't know uh, yeah, you know until after but he okay. said it'd be pretty surprised if you can't if you can do without anything okay um did you did you talk to the doctor about your yeah i told him i don't want anything stronger than a tylenol coating which is really just an old version of vicodin right it came out so coating came out before vicodin and, and are those percocet. opiates mm-hmm. okay so all opiates are oh there's other class of painkillers opiates right and those are painkillers that are not opiates. Yes, but they don't really work. Like a true pain – when you hear the word painkiller, someone's usually talking about an opiate or, more, you know. Okay. Like even morphine's a form of opiate. Okay. Um, so uh, so there's older classes, right? So Tylenol with coating, right, um, is the same thing as Vicodin. Vicodin has Tylenol with coating – or Tylenol with o- – uh, uh, hydrocodone. And so it's just a different version of the same okay. – it's older version – it's is not it, as is it not as potent. Um, it, it it can yeah. It, it all depends on. I mean, it's still listen. There's no way around it. Tylenol with coating is no different than a Vicodin. So when people are getting just a little ho- less hooked, is it on those things or because you always hear hydrocodone and well, oxycontin? The, well, the scare was the oxycontin. When well, okay, so then they went from so they went from Tylenol. Well, they first started with. We know in our country they started with pure opium. I mean, yeah, like, but most of the time when I've got like any minor surgery, it's Tylenol codeine, or or it's a Percocet, and or, a Percocet uh, is is oxycotton. Tylenol codeine seems to be the most common low dose. Well, it's more above vi- above Tylenol. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, most people can get away. Yeah, and then there's Vicodin. Vicodin it's a brand good to know name? for these people. Yeah, yeah Vicodin's a brand name. Yes, but it's still a painkiller, so it's called hydrocodone, and that's usually mixed with Tylenol. Oh, Vicodin the, is hydrocodone. The reason why we have our epi- I mean, not one of the one of the reasons why we have the heroin epidemic is because once they came out with oxycotton, they took the Tylenol out and you had pure opium, which you could crush, mm. snort, inject, do all that stuff that like you would do with heroin. Yeah, it is heroin. It's, it's heroin in a pill. It's as good as heroin as you get. Like, it's it's like it, in purest form. But it's more expensive, right? So then when people can, so they get hooked to oxys, you can't afford oxys anymore, um, you're shooting it, snorting it, smoking it, um, then you go to heroin because it's a you know fifth of the price and it la- you can be high. Okay, for days. so so you're gonna have surgery. Most likely, you will get prescribed. Someone's uh, listening, like that's not all the details. Yes, some, there's more to the story, but yeah, some sort of painkiller that yeah. that increases. So the like risk. he already prescribed me like so so just so you're listening. Like I mean I'm in a ton of pain and it's weird because it's like sometimes I'm not like right here. You can see me. I'm moving my shoulder around. I'm like fine, and then all of a sudden I move it. One Lexi seen me carry a towel. Like, here I am, I carried him in this giant water bottle. It's a liter of water. I'm throwing it around. I'm fine. And then all of a sudden, I move one certain way, right? And it hits that joint and hits the nerve mm. and hits the bone. And it's like, she sees me like, oh, my gosh, drop everything. I'm like, ow, 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 until it goes away. It's why I sit. And obviously, you know, I don't work from home anymore, so I can't sit with ice on. If I had ice, I would do this with ice until I had the surgery. Um, um, but anyways, he prescribed me. I told him, I was like, listen, I can't. Take I can't take ibuprofen. That's the problem. I did so many. I don't know if it's just my how many pills I've done in my lifetime or what, because ibuprofen. 
they say Tylenol is just as bad on your kidneys and stuff, but ibuprofen, for me, any of those anti-inflammatories um, that are over-the-counter or, or prescribed, um, the last time I took it, I almost had her take me to the hospital because my kidneys, like... How many did you take? Just two or three. Two, like, yeah, like, yeah, one or two. Like, if I were to take one within six hours, I'd be, like, on the mm. ground with an ice pack and heat. Um, and so then that's actually pretty common when you look it up. I mean, those are really bad. For, uh, people think Advil is like fine. Advil is the most dangerous drug you can take for your kidney and liver. Like hands down, there's nothing more painful, like nothing worse for your kidneys than that. It's actually worse on your kidneys than alcohol. So mm-hmm. do the, I mean, obviously extreme cases you can drink instead you can drink a bunch of alcohol i'm just saying (laughs) like per like what that milligram is to how bad it is on your liver and kidneys like people they don't realize that professional athletes they actually die later in life from kidney failure and liver failure more than anything else Hmm. Um, and it's from that not from the partying no but uh anyways besides side note uh so that's what it does so normally in this scenario they prescribe me some like three or 600 or 800 milligram ibuprofen that would do the trick, right? You just take like two or three of those and you'd be all hopped up on that. You're not high, but it yeah. takes away the inflammation and the pain. I can't do that. So ice is the best for sure. When I ice it, pain is gone. It feels great. But dude, you're sitting at a desk. You're, I mean, I have two jobs right now. I just don't have time to carry around a freezer with an ice pack. You know, <laughs> maybe I should put a cooler in my car though uh, at this point. Um, but um, so he, he originally prescribed me Tylenol of coating or, uh, and I told him I'd use that out of the past. I don't want anything stronger than that, even though it's just like a Viking. But I'm just like, I don't want anything past that. And I got it filled with a thing. And then luckily, this is why we have a program. You know, I reached out to my sponsor and he told me to, you know, to use it as prescribed, make sure your wife's involved. Um, but the reason why I was, I was standoffish is interesting, you know, this whole how this went down. Stand this is pre surgery. On, on take taking it. it, yeah. Was A, because it was um, pre surgery. Number one, and so going into surgery, if you want the painkillers to work with someone that I, even though I'll, any, I don't have a tolerance right now, be, my old, they call it a progressive disease. It's why people die when they've, re, they've been sober. Work, right? um, what you mean? The tolerance will come back to right how it was, mm. right? And I'll take, you know, I'll have to, anyways, there's delayed effect. There's all these chemicals that happen in the brain. And um, if I want it to work really good, the best thing to do is going into the surgery to have no opiates in my system. So that way, when I do take it, it'll be it'll a less work. amount will work really well. Yeah. If I took it for a week, my tolerance will kick in. It's just dangerous, you know? Um, it's dangerous for anyone. So that's how I got hooked in the first place. I was on my mission pre-surgery. I got a Percocet mm. or a Vicodin or whatever. Um, so, but let me show you. So they, they write me a prescription. Um, what, what maybe I already talked to my sponsor, but he, I hadn't gotten a hold of him yet. Um, so I was waiting to talk to him before I did anything, talk to him. And then I held off because actually Lexi was leaving out of town the next day or two. And I'm like, there's not like, yeah, I'd like to think I'm like fine, but like, dude, that's just like danger. Like who knows? Like you just to, don't know. To, there's to not people that are out of town and have a pill. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, would those 20 kill me if I took them all at once? Probably not. But like, dude. Well, that's, we know that's how people die. Like that's how they, they like. But it could just get you rolling on. It could just give me. There's so many things. There's a million things that could go wrong. So luckily, I waited to not only get my sponsor's um, opinion, but also a couple other people that are close in the program. One is Xander's, right? He's been on the podcast, and then another guy um, who's our facilitator currently, um, and he's got 30 years in this and has been alcoholic and addicted to painkillers. And luckily, he. He, I, you know, I want to say, like, he just scared the living daylights out of me. And um, and that was good um, because I've had him, you know, feel and I haven't taken him. And um, 
but I was in enough pain that week because I was the cortisone shot was wearing off anyways. And so uh, yeah. we want to ask a question. What did the doctor say when you told him you were an opiate addict? What was his reaction? Um, and- I just said I've had I've, I, I, I probably need to go in more detail. These doctors don't spend that much time with you in the room. Right. And so the first couple I've everything has been over the phone and email since then. Right. Um, they don't, which is rad because they don't charge you when they do that. Right. That's yeah. cool. But at the same time is I haven't actually seen him in person, um, since, you know, we thought the cortisone shot was going to work. So like, I didn't even talk about painkillers with him in person. Right. Because I'm like, I'm not asking for him. He's not prescribing him. You know, they, they good sir. Nowadays, like they don't offer him like they, like this guy hasn't brought it up one time. And when I brought it up, I said, Hey, listen, um, cortisone shot wore off. He told me to go surf and tr- see if the cortisone shop works and you get your mobility back. I'm like, hey, dude, it, wore, it worked the first week. I went hard. We surfed every day. It's probably stupid. And uh, the pain came back so bad that I was like, holy shit. Like, I can't even lift my arm again. This is bad. What am I going to do? And that's kind of like a recipe, you know. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where it sucks. Like a normal person, um, everyone can get addicted, like I said, pre-surgery. But like, it's So just, what, what did you tell him when you told him? So I just said, hey, listen, I, I, you know, what can I take during the, you know, I don't want anything more than Tylenol coating. I'm asking him, is there anything else that's not a painkiller? Knowing that I can't take ibuprofen. Knowing that I can't, you know, I'm taking a flex for all, but that's at night. It's like a muscle relaxer. It's a little different. Um, and he just said, you know, I just do, we'll do the mellow Tylenol coating, the lowest form that you can get. Um, so it's even less than did, I did took tell my why? surgery. Yeah. Okay. Because I would say the same thing, but he, people might say that all the time. Like, I don't like the way it makes me feel. No, I just said, was I, like, I like the way it makes me feel. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not even one of those things. It's just like, you can just, it's not your... Prefer, like you know what I mean? It's not your choice. They're gonna do, dude. These doctors. He's actually in an article. I looked him up. So he's in an article about this epidemic. So um, I could tell his bedside. I mean, you could tell who's a good doctor and who's not, right? I mean, dude, I I lived with doctors for, in my life for seven years. But, this but, guy's not an. Over- you're maybe coming up from different than some of our listeners who yeah. may like not want to be as candid. Oh and, yeah, and hoping. Like, oh, this is oh. like this is how I this this if this is why we're doing in this podcast. I think is inspired for you to want to do it this way because this is how it started with me. If you if you go back to two thousand and eight. Uh, and seven or eight or whatever that was. Uh, and you just kind of mumble. And Well, no, I just like, I didn't know any better. So mm-hmm. the doctor said, here's a pill. Take this when you have pain, pre-surgery, mm-hmm. just like I had, right? I had these cysts in my sinuses. Yeah, well, you had no clue then. Well, that's what I'm saying. But there are people that are listening that like, dude, this is how nor- I didn't think I had a problem. I was on a mission. I was clean. I was. But now you know you have a problem. So and I'm I still worry about like, it. Yeah, so I'm still. Yeah. What I'm saying is I still followed the protocol that, like, I took advice, put it that way. I didn't want – trust me. I didn't want to hear what I heard from, the from my sponsors? friends. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Because I'm like, dude, I'm in pain. Like, you, like what else am I going to do? I, I got to work. I'm hustling. You know, like, things are not do you easy. Think, you think you have more – justify more of it? No one knows what pain is. Like, I punch you in the arm. You punch yeah. me in the arm. The same just like, or we get punched by Lexi. She the same. Like, our pain tolerance, I'd be like, oh, that yeah, and you'd be like, whatever. It's, oh. We're all different, and that's what's hard. It's like, you uh, uh, yeah, you, well, yeah, no, you, there's but, no. But also, can, there's the psychological part of like wanting it but not wanting it. Um, yeah, like there's no question. If I can live without pain right now on those, and no, if if you had a magic ball and said, hey, you're gonna be able to take these one every four hours, and you're not gonna get addicted, and you're gonna get off as soon as surgery's over. 
dude, I wouldn't even mm-hmm. be thinking twice. I'd take those in two seconds because they work. They don't take away all the pain, but they numb the pain for sure. Like, and that's why people get hooked. And you don't have any bad, well, I guess you do have bad side effects. But the, uh-huh. <laughs> the side effects I have of feeling. Addicted? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, but, like I, no, but you're right. That's a good question. Like, like I don't, I, I don't want to take have, them. So oh, you're yeah. like, yeah, I wish sick. I could. I'd be like, I don't want to because I feel like crap. Yeah. But at the yeah. same, yeah, so, and then this is the trippy part, you know, being sober for oh, going on um, six and a half years, so going into the seventh year, in the seventh year right now, the three or four times that we've taken, um, when I say we, because my wife's always involved in whenever I've had Tylenol of coating um, for, usually it's just more than a couple days for a sinus infection, never get prescribed more than a day or two worth because of that reason, you just don't need them around. Um, and we've always flushed them. At the but, little, yeah, okay. but what I'm saying is once they get in, I've noticed that... Um, Especially with that tongue surgery, and I think the last sinus infection, I think more the more so the last sinus infection that I had, um, it lasted a lot longer. We had like we were both getting sick, and I remember, um, dude, it's interesting. Like I used to crave. Me and Xander talk about this all the time. We used to crave that feeling of of because of that of that. It's not even it's not necessarily high when you're on that low of dosage, but just that feeling of um, of being relaxed and calmed by a, a substance. It is something that is so uncomfortable now. That as soon as I start to feel uncomfortable from a substance, dude, I, I almost almost panic attack. It's not like, oh, I'm worried my life's going to go under. It's not a – it's probably maybe what you feel like when like a normal person takes – I heard my grandma one time say when she had surgery, she's like, I hate how um, I don't feel like I have control when I take a substance like that. And I'm like, wow, I love that. First time I drank when I was 11 years old, that was the best feeling ever. I felt like I had control, right, like in that uncontrolled state right and now my body switched but that's why i was worried it was like well maybe it switched now but what if i had to take them for two weeks right you take them for a whole week and look what happened little did i know at that point when they were prescribed i thought the surgery was gonna be the next week now we've ended up it's pushed out three weeks Mm -hmm. see that's how quick Mm -hmm. so i could have started it for four or five days now it's gonna be really hard to get off it's not like hard but you're gonna be like well now i have to go back without them they see all these psychological things like what do you mean go back without them uh, now that the surgery's pushed out, I thought the surgery was going to be within a few days after he wrote that mm-hmm. script. Like, that's what he said. He's like, well, as soon as I get your MRI back, he's like, we're going to oh, get yeah. you scheduled and it's going to go. And then when we realized, you know, bap- our son's getting baptized, so I was like, dude, I just don't want to deal. In my mind, I think it's going to be fine. This is why I have people I have to call. Because in my mind, going into this, like, it's all fine. Hey, it's all good. I call my sponsor, call my wife, and it's good. And I... I want to have that because you don't want to live in fear where you're paranoid. I'm not a paranoid person. I don't think that I don't think that any of this is magic. I don't you're think paranoid it, of some things. Though. Oh yeah, <laughs> but when it comes to like the disease, like like when she says my biggest fear, it's not my biggest fear. Like if that was my biggest fear, I'd be still in the problem, which is good. But then again, there's still procedures which we've talked about. Like in yeah, this, so, so what are these procedures? The procedure uh, is yeah, you you call. So so you've done one of them where you notified your doctor, notified the doctor, uh, then and then you self-regulated by. By specifying, you check your head. You check your head with other people. That's how this program works. Sponsor, and then how much, Lexi? Were you involved in that? She's. she's Uh, Yeah, he like he told me about it. Like he called and told me. Like when he kid, I got a prescription. When you go and get it filled. Yeah. What goes to your mind? Um, I was a little worried because, like he said, I was getting ready to leave. I won't lie, I was a little worried, but then don't lie on this podcast. I won't lie. And then he did call me back, I think it was a couple hours later, and he said, well, I talked to my sponsor and some other people, and I think I'm just not going to take it. And I was like, yeah, I think that's a good idea. And then I think, you know, with the... 
with the actual with the actual surgery. Um, in, in, in my uh, f- my friend observation, I don't have to li- I don't get to or have to live with Jay all the time. Right. But he seems like a little drama king. I won't call you a drama queen. <laughs> but all guys of, are drama king. Uh, when you get sick, every man's every man. That's like the they? that's the funniest uh, joke ever. I don't know about that, <laughs> bro. When you, st- I've heard you not go serving because your toe hurts. Like we all get drama when Have we you get seen hurt. My toe. My dad does get like that. Actually. All men. I've never <laughs> known him. Do get me wrong. We're all tough. We're all tough A's. But when we all get sick and we get hurt, it is the end of the world. And I'm no different, if not more. Maybe a little more is what I'm saying. Yeah. I um, think compared to my pain tolerance, I'm just like, what up, bro? Like. You go run but 50 I, miles But I'm training. just different. I don't like, I don't, like, it's just different because I'm not. You're not a David Goggins. Not, yeah. I wish right. I was. I don't know, I've done some pretty hard things, so yeah. I don't know, maybe. All I know is that, uh, so, so, yeah. my, so my, uh, like, what I can see you doing is like, oh my gosh, I'm in the worst pain ever. Yeah, no, but and see, it, I've already been in, I've been it, in, the pain I'm in right is, now, I've been in. 10 times worse pain in the last six and a half years. This is what the thought process finally came through when I talked to those uh, those people. I realized that, like, you know, especially when I talked to the facilitator that was here, right, that we talked about, I don't know to say his name, but we, uh, we were talking, and it's like, I've been, reality is, it's like what you're saying, I've been sober for six and a half years, and... You, in those six and a half years, I've had, ex, you know, this is the one where it's a for sure injury, but I've yeah. had extreme pain. I mean, I, my back went out over a whole, like, after our first surf trip, I remember my back going out for a whole month and I could barely walk. It was never even in my mindset. Like, you know, so that's why I kind of, like, that's why I was getting, wor- that's why I listened more to what they were saying because in my mind I felt fine for this one because I knew how, dude, they, the guy's like, you're torn, you, have a, yeah. you keep moving your arm, it's going to tear completely, and then now you're really, the surgery's going to be even worse. Yeah. So, like, in my mind, I was like, you, you, once again, you just, you can't trust, you know, life's also very complicated for us right now. It's also very challenging. So, there's a, there's another layer. There's another layer of that, like, I, it takes humility. Like, I didn't want to think about that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I wanted to be like, oh, I'm fine. I, I'm, this is no different than it was when I had my tongue surgery. But I have to, like, okay, this once again goes around the success in this program goes on those who are humble enough to take direction, right? And then also take direction for the spirit. I believe the spirit was telling me that you need to listen. And like I said, there's a part of me that wishes so, I could do so a lot my, of things. So my I come for do. the drama king mm-hmm. is we are, we do get, like, when you get sick, we, like, tend to ramp it up. So, and that's where our, our wives, our spouses sometimes, like, temper us. Like, quit being a wimp or quit doing this. Do you have to do that? I, I, think, I don't know. Yeah, I think for sure, like, I mean... Here's the thing. Right now, he's not in the pain he'll be in. Yeah. So it is a little, a little easier, like I think, to say, Like, four hours after coming home from surgery. Right. Is like, it, it is a little easier in. to be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to take them surgery. as prescribed or whatever. How do they numb you up during surgery? I'll be out. They be out. make you out. Like okay. Fully. Unconscious. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So he probably will feel pretty good for a couple hours after the surgery. And then, and then when it starts that to wear off. off. Yeah, yeah. That's when you start to feel pain. I think it's hard because it's like... If he gets home and, you know, he's already had a pill and it says four hours, I'm literally going to have to be like, I'm not going to give you another pill for another four hours or whatever it is. And it's hard when you have someone who's like, oh, I'm in like a lot of pain or so bad. So it's just one of those things, though, where it's like, I think for my position as the person who's going to be delegating the pills, it's going to be like, well, going into it, I'm only doing it as prescribed. 
I think that's I mean, the safest yeah, way to go. I think it comes down to, to like what we're saying is like, say, I've, I've lived, aren't all of them say one or whatever it one says to four to six, four hours, to six hours. Like yeah. I think every yeah one to is yeah, that normal? Whatever it is. I think it is. Yeah, whatever it'll be prescribed. But the the thing is, is like, um, you know, luckily I've experienced what I've experienced in the last six and a half years. Like this is not a I have. The, this is why it reminded me of my mission is because, like, I, I have no time to rest. Like, I rest when I get home at 7.30 at night if we don't have a meeting, and then, I go, and then, I, I, then I'm in bed. Like, I, haven't, I have zero time to do anything Monday through Friday for myself. So it's like I was, like, in the mindset of, like, grind, and I'm like, oh, that's how that happened is I'm like, I just need something to get, help me get through the day. And I'm like, oh, well, that could, you know, am I looking at this? But one thing, too, is after the surgery, like, I found, I mean, I'm, for for all intents and purposes, pretty most like for as lazy as I am, I'm also the most active person. I like this is not fun to like sit around and do nothing. Yeah. Like I almost went in the water. I had to. I almost grabbed a board when we were at the beach last night and yeah, paddled out. Yeah. And I was out with fins and I shoot them in. But like you know, I'm holding on to rusty so I wouldn't use my arm. And uh, like this is this sucks. This is like summer is the best. This is why we pay these ridiculous prices is for these four months. And so like. I want to be after the surgery. I just have to like it's the same mindset. Like I don't want to be inside. Like I don't want to milk this. I want to be surfing. I want to hit a bag. Like mm-hmm. my life is so stressful. I've learned that these are few activities that help me deal with stress, and I can't do them right now. So that's why it's extra hard. So like this is an extra layer of stress. Is like I have all this change in our life yeah. with our you know without you know, an outlet, without an outlet, without a physical outlet that has been. Leg presses uh, don't like go for you. Yeah, <laughs> like, and that's why I should be doing it. But I'm like, you know, that's where it's hard. It's like bicycles. Man. Yeah, like and I've on done a, that. I've a, gone and I've spent an hour on a on a, on a yeah, bike, a stationary stationary bike. bike. So I don't move my arms, and I'm like, this is boring as hell. Like this isn't working. Like, and and, and I feel a little better, but I'm like, no offense to you, bike riders. Yeah, no offense. <laughs> to each their own. But I'm like, man, I I want, dude, I want to like, like. So that's a motivation. Of- cool thing he said about my surgery. He said. There's nothing I can do after the surgery. Like, if I wanted to lift my arm straight up and move it around on a 360, he's like, you can't damage what I'm doing. It's not like a torn rotator cuff and there takes time to move. He says, it's up to your pain tolerance. So he's like, right away, you can start doing whatever you feel comfortable doing. He's like, you probably need some physical therapy. But he's like, so that's good. So, like, I don't have to worry about long... This is and this is what the guy, one of the guys I talked to, is a recovering addict who's a lot older than me, right? About thirty years or twenty something years. He's like, Jay, this is just the beginning. So you need to like think about this. Well, you're going to have 20, other surgeries. That's what he like, said. He's like, you're an extremely active yeah. dude. He's like, this is just one in a million. He yeah. said, and how you deal with this one. This is what resonated the most. Mm-hmm. This is it. He said, not anyone thing else that anyone else said. He was like. How you deal with this is going to set the tone for how you deal with these other surgeries. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, let's go. I'm not dying. Then guess what? I'm not going to take anything until the surgery. And if I'm not, as soon as I, I can feel functional. But, but if you didn't have that recovery community, you oh, wouldn't have. I would have took them. You would have taken them. Yeah. So that's oh, key yeah. for pre is wow. make sure the recovery. And then post would be with your loved ones. Yep. Someone managing. Because, like, when we're in our drama king, queen syndrome, we're yep. like, just give me whatever. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, that's where someone can regulate that for us and say yeah. you got to push through it, kind of like you held Lexi's hand during her birth, childbirth. Three of them. <laughs> Three of them. I actually delivered one of them myself. That's but true. Yeah, we'll get that story in, another in front of the truck. Do we ever talk about that? No, but that'll be in the okay. truck. Yeah. 
but but some of those, like you just have to have someone walk you th- with yeah. Lamaze, right? Is that what it's called? You're gonna have to might do some Lamaze for your Lamaze. arm. Yeah. <laughs> some no, breathing technique. Breathing. This is this is why and this then, program works. It's not a like it works to get you sober, and this is how you stay you. sober. Yeah. If I was not, this is how people if you go out. If you weren't, just in think an, about this. If we're not doing this podcast, right? We don't even know each other. I got sober in that meeting, right? And mm-hmm. we never met. This never goes as far. I'm not getting along with so-and-so at that meeting. I don't go to that meeting anymore. This is what happens. People dislike so-and-so, and then they don't go to yeah. meetings, right? Or you, don't do, or you don't do it with a sponsor. Or you, well, whatever. Right. But the, but right. You don't, have, this, you don't oh, yeah. have a connection if, yeah. with these yeah. people. Yeah, even if you, yeah. if you didn't have the layers you, we had already. You call a, uh, even if you called a righteous priesthood leader, hey, what should I do? They're like, totally. take it. Totally. What did my son say on the phone? Yeah. Jay, load up on some Advil. Just take like eight, eight Advils and be good. Which is what I used to do as a kid, which I can't take Advil anymore. And so, but even if I had this, sponsor like and say i hadn't been going religiously this is how quick that like this it's a perfect storm struggle financially right now at home because we're switching jobs and careers you know things are tight there's been a lot of stress around that and Lexi's then he's pregnant and Lexi, yeah right oh my god just oh, kidding, just kidding. Just kidding. He's not very, <laughs> our son's getting baptized though there's like a yeah. lot of stuff going on and then and then boom this happens and it's like you party dude I, I just I'm gonna assume that a part of my brain wanted to take them for the emotional drama as well. Like for sure, that's yeah, you already sure. said. That's what yeah. one of the that's one of the reasons you, you speak about when you took it. You're like, all my not it, besides my pain, all my problems. And my away. worry was from this the, the, from this dude who I still talk to every like I talk to someone in recovery almost every day. Um, he was able to speak to me like no one else could speak to me and be like. And, and say that, like, listen, if you can get through it, then you need to get through it and to have that surgery. And he even recommended trying to not do it after the surgery. We'll, we'll, we'll tackle that. I, I've tried to be the macho man, and that's – you can almost unswing the other way. You're in so much pain, now you want to take – like, one of that tongue thing, and I flushed all those. You better believe I took, like, two as soon as I got that – you know what I mean? Dude, I was in excruciating pain. But I'm just going to do exactly what the doctor tells me to do. Because that – how you describe your addict mentality is if one is good, yeah. three is better. Yeah. And, and then um, our addict brain, like – there's a delayed effect. This is what they figured with alcoholism. Dude, a normal pill will never hit me the same. It'll hit you or her or anyone else, like, unless you're an addict. Like, and so I just, I don't want to, I don't want to lose everything that I've gained, but um, this so, is a part of life. So, so this so actually as a spouse, what is, what do you see your role to not be codependent, not over-worry, right. I think not that's, be a that's nagging? that's the hard part is like, the codependent in me will want to be anything? like, is you know, if he's complaining, be like, well, just give me two. I'm just saying, what if? I'm not saying this is going to happen. We can, let's say those, yeah. those rules out right now. Like. When Jay, you say, I need two, and it says only take one. Then, I mean, I'm going to have to be like, I'm sorry, I'm only going to give you one. And and then, you know, in two hours or whatever, when you get and another Jay one. Jay will just say, okay? Probably not. I mean, I'm saying. I don't know. I have no idea what. So you just kind of have to, I think you just have to stay strong. I think it is a little different. Do you lock them up? I'm curious. Like, they yeah. always say lock up your prescriptions. Like, I have them yeah. in, a, I mean, I have them in like, a different for, place. But, like, once again, listen, this, this is where, yes, it's in your system. There are some people, this, this is a fact, there are some people that if they would take one thing into their system, they'll lose everything that night. I get, I get that we can. Because that's the definition of alcoholic. Right? Yeah, like an alcoholic, they have one sip and they're done, right? Yeah. Like, and so okay, that's definitely me. Every time I've taken a drink, I've gotten blasted since I've been sober. But um, you know, years ago when I would drink, when I joined the church after, um, 
But, like, dude, I've had them in my system, and there's no desire to, like, throw my life. Like, it's not that way. If you took them a long period, then, of course, you just start to, like, think you need them rather than you don't need them. Because the physical uh, yeah. uh, luckily, like, dependency we've mended, comes we, in, right? Yeah, the physical starts to come in. But luckily, like, because you, like, rec- that's the difference between living in recovery and being absent. If I was white-knuckling for the last six and a half years, then this is a whole other conversation. But, like, there's no desire... So uh, what if someone is white knuckling? Yeah, that's like someone's white knuckling right now. Yeah, they got three months. You know, they they're picked up the three month ship, but they're just barely hanging on. I recommend getting surgery and, if you can't. Yeah, can but get, they get a car accident. And yeah, well then, stuff. then you once again like th- that person's probably gonna have a, a very high likelihood of not making it through that uh, without a relapse. What I hear is because they don't have a recovery community because they're gonna say yeah. spouse, you don't know what the crap you're talking about. Friends, friends are either well, gonna course, say yeah. take them. Or I mean, there's you're just not gonna. They're not gonna trust maybe yeah. their like their their network, the recovery network. Yeah. Luckily, this thing is yeah. not. Um, I know that some of it's baffling, and people have made some decisions. And I think we in the alcoholic and AA community like to look at this thing as sometimes like it's freeing to say it's baffling. We don't understand it, right? Because then it's like okay, that'll help us forgive those who have ended their life and who have done really horrible things. But no, some of this is pretty predictable human nature like if your life's unmanageable right now like if i didn't want if i was isolating from my friends and family dude we'd all i hope everyone be like 10 times more worried about this situation but like if that's not what something you know i'm saying like but 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 it's logical to have a higher alert than of course than someone else 100 percent going into a surgery um yeah and then it's only you know that that's for step one only you know what that yeah, level. I mean, of- just the the fact that even reaching out before, you know, like there's people. Yeah, like, like once again, this is not. This is the protocol. So I follow the protocol, and that's what works. This is how I'm still okay, here. Recap today. the protocol. Protocol and is. Then we'll do this. You reach out to your sponsor first, okay? Then you probably should be in whoever your daily connection is, because usually if you've been sober for a while, it's probably not your sponsor. You don't talk to them as much, so you need to connect with those people and get. Um, th- them on board, and, and then and if you're those married, two only spouse. those two only come by going to meetings regularly, even after you get sober. Yeah, oh yeah, and keeping in contact. Like I wouldn't be calling someone that, like, oh, I knew was in recovery from 20 years ago that I hasn't seen him at a meeting. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. but that's I'll, the point because sometimes in, in our church culture, it's like, oh, I got go sober, I'm done, I'm not going to meetings anymore. Or, or yeah, like calling, like I'm not calling my bishop right now, even though, like, I like unless I felt like I needed him spiritually, he's not part of my recovery in a sense like that. Like he's not. He doesn't know how to say he's, no. He's part of repentance process. He's part of repentance part of that, Yeah, exactly. Now, if I start going off the way spiritually because of this, then okay, yeah. he's the first person yeah. I call, not my sponsor. Yeah. Right? So keep it in okay, the lock, so, and then your spouse. Right? And then during, before, like, have you, I don't even, my wife went to my surgery, but not my consultations. Yeah. You'll go to this, I don't know, um, do you have kids? Yeah, probably go You'll go to the surgery, right? Yeah. The doctor's there. Yeah. Because yeah. they give you, like, the aftercare right. instructions yeah. and things like that. And you'll probably go to the pharmacy. At right. My family, it's like <laughs> I'm yeah. home, and the wife runs the pharmacy to grab whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I assume that will be yeah. the case. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're nursing him back to health, and we're bringing. Yeah. And when the war is bringing soup over to you, I don't think it's gonna be that. I don't. <laughs> I, don't I don't need that. Maybe some canes. You want to keep bringing some canes? You'd or- milk it like. Uh, you're like, we need meals. Oh, you can eat sushi. We I'm need down. meals. We need hero to come. I by. need someone. I need someone to bring a sushi chef and ta- over and tacos. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, uh, the, the key is... What are some red flags now? You talked about isolation before. What are some red flags post-surgery that those around you yeah. to, to look for, loved ones should look for? Dude, I don't know. I think, I think once again, uh, it's hard to say. I guess isolation? You said isolation. Yeah, everyone's so different. 
I mean, I know a lot of everyone's so different, so it's hard to say. I, and a, this hasn't been me, so I don't know. Um, I can say my opinion of what I've seen, but like, uh, what, what would be Lexi's? Because you saw him kind of cycle through this over the early years of marriage. I mean, I think for sure, like the biggest. Oh, a non-recovered addict. Yeah, I think for it. sure the biggest one is like isolation when they just don't want to really talk to anybody. They're by themselves. They're kind of tripping in their mind. Maybe you give like some kind of direction, and they just kind of like shut you down. They don't want to hear it. Kind of or you like, don't see him like want to recover, like, yeah. dude. If, if once again, if I'm not in recovery, like, if you're not, recovery has taught me that like my life is way better in the world than you know being isolating, right? Like being connected with people. Like it's not fun to be disconnected anymore. It used to be fun. It used to be like that's that's where I felt comfortable, right? Um, even though I'm an extrovert. And yeah, now I've realized... That'd be weird. I've never seen you that way. <laughs> yeah. Well, I became that Yeah, unfortunately. So everyone around here knows you as that person. Yeah. So it'll be probably... It would yeah. be easy. Yeah. So Maybe like, easy. I don't so know. like if, you're, if we're just talking about a normal person that's never been in recovery and they, you know they just had a surgery and you're listening to this, you're going, man, I wonder if my dad is... You know, that's actually interesting. Since he had his neck surgery or back surgery, he's never been the same. He's been a little quiet. and come to function or anymore. Or angry. He's unactive. Quick to like yeah. freak out. That Mood kind swings. Of goes Mood super swings. aggressive, happy. The, okay. Those are all opiate. <clears throat> those are like prime okay. time for being addicted. Some, uh, okay. So like super Aggravated. happy. Aggravated. It only takes a, like 30-something days. I mean, 17 days, they say. What, one seven, 17? Yeah, I think it's one okay. seven, but really it's like about a month, uh, especially consistent. Like if physically you're taking, dependency. Yeah, especially if you're taking one every four hours type thing, whatever yeah, that's it is. That's a lot. That's I a think, lot of pills. I think one too, like they're just like absent-minded. Like people that are like addicted on things, it's just like they're there, but they're not. They're not present. You know what I mean? And mm. I don't know. That's what I find. So sure. I mean, do right. I think we just you work this program and you do it the right way and you, you just stay connected and. Well, be real. We, on our current schedule, we will be set to record right after your surgery. <laughs> so maybe oh, we'll get true. you that's like true. right after surgery. Right after surgery. Yeah. No, I, dude, I'm stoked. He said that I'll feel great after. He said w- w- a month after. He's like, if you've been in this type of pain for this long, he's like, you'll be, you're gonna, you're gonna feel really good. Well, that's good because I was in pain I, for eight months, and I already outpaddled everyone. I know. So I mean, maybe not you. You're about the closest. And you, uh, the irony is, you're older than any of the people we surf with. And you surf less than most of them, and you're the I, only dude when we go on a surf trip that can paddle the same. I, I can't surf for like four hours. Oh, I guess I, on surf trips. That's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. I, I held out on a long surf trip. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. Uh, I'm complaining a lot this summer because I'm losing it, but in the last few years, I've probably surfed an average of like 30 hours He's a week. He's surfed a lot. Though. There's just, been days last year where I was surfing eight hours in a whole day. <laughs> like two, three hours in the morning. You get off work on a Friday. I've never seen Jay this pale. In July. Yeah. And my arm, weak. My arm has no muscle. His right arm is soft. He's yeah. definitely not as buff as he used to be. Yeah. Ooh, got me. Got him. Definitely I'm looking forward to get not. back in the gym in the water. Okay, well, we will uh, update you on Jay's journey. If you have uh, any more questions, because this is real fast and a lot, because we've got to get to yeah, our send us meeting. our new website. has got a great link to send us an email. So thenextsteppodcast.com. If you have more questions about recovery yeah. and surgery, those are great. Shoot them over. Okay, till next time, Jay. Peace out. Lexi. All right.
direct. 